1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. MoneyWise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to MoneyWise. When I was nine years old, I was homeless for a while. My family was homeless. And I wonder how many people listening today have ever experienced being homeless in their lives. Well, today we're going to be talking about gifting. We're going to be talking about some important subjects of helping other people. The reason I was homeless was because my family, my brother, my sister, myself specifically, were in the middle of the largest tornado ever to hit the state of Massachusetts. It was in 1953. It was an F4 tornado. 94 people were killed that day. And it happens right about the time that this show is being broadcast. And it happens unexpectedly. We can't plan for tornadoes. We can plan for hurricanes, but you can't plan for a tornado. Um, certainly back in those days, there were no warnings, no sirens, that weather was bad. But as a result of it, we lost everything in our family. We lost all of our furniture. Everything was full of glass, and we had to throw everything out. And for a few months, we were homeless. Uh, we did stay with my grandparents for a while. And one organization that really came to our help and uh, was very important in our lives and still in my life was the American Red Cross. They really did a lot for us. So today we're going to be talking about gifting and why is it important to do gifting to somebody who could use uh, a hand, could use some help. We're going to talk about um, specifically three topics. We're going to be talking about gifts to family, whether it's through an estate plan or whether it's through a check or just helping somebody out. We're going to be talking about tax rules about gifting and what are some of those important rules. And there are a few changes that have taken place recently. And we're also going to be talking about gifts to charities. I wonder how many people listening today have done gifting to charity. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that and what some of the very important rules are. So, Without further ado, I want to say just a couple of things. I want to say, first of all, good morning to Attorney Michael Coleman. Good morning. Morning, Mike, and good morning morning to Attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning, Ray. So as we like to say, sometimes we have the heavy hitters with us on the radio this morning. (laughs) But uh, you do a lot of good things to help people, and um, I think that's something that we overlook sometimes. We don't think about the fact that, yes, you're running a business when you run the law firm, But you're also helping a lot of people, aren't you? Well, most people, when um, they finish signing documents, walk out of the office saying, oh, I feel as though a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. I'm so glad to get this this done, all of these documents in place. I don't have to worry about them anymore. So I guess you could say that they're giving you legal fees and so forth, but you're also giving them peace of mind, aren't you? Yes, so let's talk about some uh, other very important topics today. Um, I don't have my calendar in front of me, um, so I'm looking for the date of, what's today's date on Sunday? June 9th. June 9th, okay. June 9th is actually the anniversary of the tornado that exactly, I was in. Exactly, exactly. Um, you might want to talk a little more about what, what happened to you that day because it's pretty exciting radio. Well, I'll save that story for a little bit later, if you don't mind. But I'll tell a little bit more of the detail. Um, But uh, this past week, we just have had a very important anniversary in our country and across the world. 
We had the 75th anniversary of the D-Day invasion on the beaches of Normandy in France, June 6th, 1944, 75 years ago. And even in my own family, that's an important date. So we don't have too many survivors uh, from that event 75 years ago. My uncle, my uncle Harry Kimball, who's been on the show in the past, um, he passed away, I believe, at the age of 93. He didn't participate in the landing at Normandy, but he was part of the 75th Division in the Army, and they landed about three months after D-Day, and then they were taken directly to the uh, fields, the forests of the Ardennes Ardennes Mm -hmm. in Belgium, and he went right into the Battle of the Bulge, and uh, he was uh, fortunate enough not to be wounded, and he also received the Bronze Star. Hmm. So a lot of heroes that day. One person I've always admired was General Eisenhower, who led the invasion force. And one of the quotes that he said when he was getting everybody ready, he said, the eyes of the world are upon you. And um, it was an amazing event. 160,000 Allied troops landed along uh, just a 50-mile stretch of beach. There was a lot of diversion. The Germans thought they were going to go someplace else and had placed all of their main troops someplace other than Normandy. Not only their troops, but their fortifications. Mm-hmm. The The landing beaches were sort of between all the places where they had their, their major fortifications, uh, primarily around the ports. Well, there were 5,000 ships involved. Just think about that number. 13,000 aircraft supported the D-Day invasion. And by the end of that one single day, the Allies had gained a foothold on the uh, European continent. But the cost was high. There were more than 9,000 Allied soldiers killed or wounded. So today, in our own small way, we also remember that very important anniversary. Mm. We need to teach history more in this country, don't we? Yes, it's it's been a, a really interesting week for me because, as you know, I love history. And every, uh, every show on the History Channel, NECN, all those have been running stories about D-Day. Well, today we want to talk about gifting, and there are so many misconceptions about gifting. People think that gifting is simple, and on one level it is very simple, but on another level it's not. There are many, many complex rules about gifting, and if you want to give money to a charity, you have to do appraisals and valuations. If you want to give property especially, you have to get valuations of the property. And if you don't, then your uh, gift might be disallowed. But I had a recent situation where I'm talking to a father about essentially selling a single-family house to his son. And let's say the price is $300,000. And I said, well, maybe the son will take out a mortgage for $200,000, and you could give him a gift of equity of $100,000. So we thought we had that plan all put together, and then the son talked to some of his friends, and they said, oh, no, you don't want to do that because you're going to have to pay income tax on that $100,000. And I said, what? I said, no, that's completely wrong information. Who was to pay income tax, the son or the the father? The son was going to have to pay income tax, he was told. Oh, my gosh. And I said, no, please tell him that's totally wrong. When you receive money by way of a gift... Think of it this way. You've really done nothing to earn it. It's not income. So when you get money by gift, it's never income, and you don't pay any income taxes on it. You don't report it. 
the person making the gift might need to make a gift tax return. But as we're going to talk about in just a few minutes, um, you can give away a really large amount of money without having to pay any taxes on the gift. Mm -hmm. So don't be concerned about that. There's an annual exclusion. There's a lifetime exemption. We're going to talk about some of the specifics of that. Now, Tenny and Mike, I want to ask you, you both do a lot of work in the area of estate planning, and you must see situations in which people have given money to family members and... I've always encouraged that. I don't know how you feel about that. I guess there are a couple of different ways to look at it. Um, gifting can be a good thing for estate tax purposes, I guess, if you want to try and get under the estate tax exemption limit here in Massachusetts. Okay, and what's that exemption amount? One, one million dollars at the moment. All right, so what so you're saying basically is if you had more than a million dollars, one way you could reduce your estate and not have your family pay estate taxes yeah. is by giving some money away. Right. Yeah, you may still have to file an estate tax return, even if you're under the million-dollar limit, but mm-hmm. you can reduce any liability that you have. But Tenny, I think, would want to talk about gifting in the Medicaid context, which can be a bad idea. Well, yes, that would be my concern, that um, any gifting that you do five years before you may enter a nursing home is considered a disqualifying transfer so according to those very complicated medical rules, gifting is not a great idea. Well, um, I guess unless you had five years before the person might have to go to a nursing home, huh? Right. All right, so gifts to family. We're talking about gifts to family, first of all. And um, if you have questions about that, first of all, you certainly should make an appointment and talk to Mike or talk mm-hmm. to a Tenny and really know what all the rules are and all the facts are. But I like to think from a personal point of view, if you have the ability to make a gift to a family member, maybe it's a nicer thing to do while you're alive and you can get some satisfaction by seeing somebody receive the money and maybe have a use for it or have a need for it. Instead of holding out everything until you die and then leave it by way of your trust, for example, to the Mm -hmm. family. Maybe you can clarify for people what is often a misconception, and that is that there is some limit on the amount that you can give away each year. Well, we're going to talk about taxes uh, in just a couple of minutes. I'll go into a little bit more detail on that. But basically, there's an annual exclusion amount. You can give away $15,000 a year to an unlimited number of people, and you don't file a gift tax return. You don't get a deduction for it. You can't deduct it from your income tax, by the way, when you make a gift. But the person doesn't have to uh, report it as income. It's not income to them. It's a gift. So you can do a $15,000 annual exclusion. Then there's something called a lifetime exemption. And these are both federal rules, by the way. Mm -hmm. And under the federal rules, there's a lifetime exemption, which right now is $11.4 million dollars for one person. right? So if you really have a lot of money, you can give that much money away to one person and uh, not to have to pay any gift taxes on it. But you'd have to file a gift tax return. Mm -hmm. So if you give away anything more than $15,000, you need to think about, I should file a gift tax return. You're required to. Mm -hmm. However, the gift tax return is, um, other than adding a form to your income tax forms when you file them, really doesn't mean anything because you're not going to get any tax on that. Well, let me clarify one thing. You don't file a gift tax return 
along with your income tax return. They're two separate distinct things. So your income tax return is just for your income. A gift tax return goes to a separate department and it's a separate form to file. Right. Now I know you're gonna be talking about some of these things, by the way, if people want a little bit more detail about giving away money or setting up a trust versus a will, uh, you're planning to do a lunch and learn workshop coming up soon. Yes, on Tuesday, a week from Tuesday on June 18th, we will be doing what's called a lunch and learn workshop. That's at noontime and we will give you a lunch. Uh, we're going to be talking this time about some basic documents that everyone should have in place and how that makes it easier for you in the long run if you do have a will, a durable power of attorney, and health care documents in place. So we would invite all of you to come. There's no charge for this workshop, and we're very happy to have you come and have some lunch with us. Okay, and if somebody wants to attend that workshop, what do they need to do? They should call 508-998-8800 and make a reservation just to be sure that we have enough seats and enough food. Okay, and is there any cost to attend this? Absolutely none. All right. Who's going to be speaking? Both Mike and me. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we'll be there. We'll be talking about wills and powers of attorney and uh, health care documents and trusts. So come on, sign up. So I have to give you my first quotation today. This one's actually from the Bible. This is not a religious program that comes before us on Sunday morning. Uh, from the uh, book of Acts 20, chapter 20, verse 35. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Not everybody would agree with that philosophy, but that's what the Bible has to say about it. Um, so, uh, Michael, do you ever do any gifts at all? Do I do gifts? Yes. Like giving to charity? Charity. Every once in a while. Church yeah, or sure. anything like that. Yep. Yep. Every time I go to Petco, they ask me if I want to donate you know, a balance of my bill to uh, some charity. So, Like roll up the pennies into yeah. the next nearest dollar or something exactly. like that? <laughs> well, everybody's always looking for money, aren't they? I mean, they're nonprofits are always running campaigns, looking for gifts, looking for money. But gifts can be much simpler. So let's just continue for a little short while about uh, talking about gifts to families. So obviously you can write a check, you can give cash. Um, if you do less than $15,000, there's no reporting required. And does Massachusetts have any kind of a gift requirement, Mike? No, no gift tax in Massachusetts. So that's really interesting when you think about it because You've got fairly high federal limits in terms of how much money you can give away, and we don't have any state law on giving money away, giving assets away. So if you're going to be looking at a Massachusetts estate tax, then it really is a good thing to do to think about maybe giving some assets away. Right. One of the things that we deal with a lot is people will come in and they say they want to just give their house to their kids as a way of protecting it. Um, but... Generally, that's a bad idea for a couple different reasons. One is a capital gains tax, a situation that we have to explain. Then we also have the nursing home situations. Um, if the kids get into any kind of financial trouble on their own, mm -hmm. the house could be at risk. So generally, we say not to do that. There are certain kinds of trusts that we can use to transfer the house. So, so maybe your advice might be that it's okay to give away money to children, but you don't necessarily want to put the house in just their names. Correct. Or at least you want to think about it really carefully. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Tenny, do you sometimes do a trust if somebody's concerned about nursing homes and they want to give the house away and put it into a special trust? Yes, that's what Mike was referring to, an irrevocable trust, which after five years will protect the house if a nursing home comes into your future. Um, it's called an irrevocable trust for the very reason that you can't revoke it. And uh, you cannot be the trustee of that trust, but it is a wonderful way to protect the house from recovery by the state of Massachusetts if you should go to a nursing home. So I think for now we're going to move on from the section about doing gifts to family. I I like the satisfaction piece of it the best. I want to say one thing about that, though. Okay. If there is even an inkling of concern about Medicaid, if you give away any financial assets to your children, please make an arrangement with them that they not use that gift for at least five years. Because if a nursing home should come come along, you may have to ask for that gift back in order to not be disqualified. And I know that's a double negative, but um, keeping that asset in place so that it could be recovered against if necessary, I think is a very important thing to keep in mind. So ladies and gentlemen, if you're interested in learning more about rules of gifting and should you make a gift, should you put the house into a trust, should you give money to your children, uh, how to do it, what's the best way to do it, make an appointment to go see Mike, Attorney Michael Coleman or Attorney Tenny Lance. And what's your number, Tenny? 508-998-8800, and that's the same number to call if you'd like to attend our free Lunch and Learn workshop on June 18th at noon. Um, we'll be talking about some of these items at that workshop. We're going to move on in just a moment and talk about um, the technical rules of gifting and the tax rules of gifting. I want to give you a quotation from Jackson Brown, Jr., While earning your daily bread, be sure you share a slice with those less fortunate. That's nice. It is a nice quotation. And that's a really important rule about gifting, too. Um, You know, I mentioned at the beginning of the hour the fact that I had a period in my life when I was truly homeless. And I'm sure a lot of people listening today have had the same experience. But I'm also sure, just as sure, that a lot of people listening today grew up with not much in their pocket. Not much. They had to work really hard for what they have. Mm -hmm. And there's always people in need. There's always people who you can make a difference in their lives by giving something to them, by helping them. That's what uh, gifting is all about. And you can express some gratitude for living in this terrific country where they were able to improve themselves and and gain some um, security for themselves. One of my favorite commentators and politicians and historians Probably the best politician that I can remember is Winston Churchill. Mm. And he said, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Mm. I like that quotation. Let's talk about taxes. Taxes is my favorite subject, Tenny. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Believe me, if, if you want to come in, folks, and talk about taxes, Ray will spend the day talking with you because he thinks it's fun. Well, it is fun. And... Um, The rules are much more complicated. You know, we talked a little bit about the fact that Massachusetts doesn't have a gift tax law, which means you can give away any amount of money as far as Massachusetts is concerned. Mm -hmm. You don't have to report it to the state of Massachusetts. 
you don't have to pay any taxes on what you give away in Massachusetts. It's just the federal rules we have to worry about. And uh, so we talked a little bit about the fact that you can give away $15,000 to a single recipient. It's called the annual exclusion gift. And you can write a check. You can write a check to a charity. Um, but you can also write a check for a kid's college. So let's say you're a grandparent mm-hmm. and you want to help them financially. So here's a way you can give money to help the child who's in college. Don't write a check to the child. Mm-hmm. If you do that, it's going to impact their financial aid. They're going to qualify for fewer dollars in student loans, for example, because now they have this money for, say, it's Mm $15,000. What the grandparent could do instead, this is really an interesting tip, is they could write the check directly to the college or directly to the university. And um, it doesn't uh, impact the child. Would that still be considered a gift? Still a gift. Okay. Yep. And is there a particular timing to do that? Do you do that? Uh, when the tuition comes due after they've filed their financial aid forms, for example? Yep, you could do that. Um, that uh, rule also applies to children who might be in a private school like Friends Academy or something like that. And um, it allows people to take money out of their estate and you can use it to avoid some kinds of taxes on the grandparents' level. Um, you could do the same thing with medical bills. If you have a child or a grandchild who has medical bills, um, you don't have to simply put the money directly into the hands of the recipient. You can simply pay it to their dentist or to their doctor. Um, If you have a a grandparent who has daughters or or let's say grandchildren who need braces and it's going to be very expensive, the grandparent can write the check directly to the orthodontist and pay the dental bill directly no gift taxes imposed on making that payment. So it's just another way to think about giving money away. Um, Lots and lots of rules. Um, So that's basically the annual exclusion. You give away up to $15,000. And a lot of people say, well, you know, that's fine for people who have a lot of money, but sometimes it applies to you, even if you want to give away lesser amounts. And a married couple could give away twice that amount, right? Yeah, that's really a good point, Mike, because um, you can actually do it two different ways. If you have a married couple, they could each write a check for $15,000, or one person in this marriage relationship could give away the whole $30,000, and it's imputed to both of them, basically. Interesting. And if you had a couple who wanted to give money away, they can give it to a son and daughter-in-law or a daughter and son-in-law each, right? Mm-hmm. So you can really give away quite a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you might have some wealthy relatives out there, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. <laughs> Everyone they, hopes. They can give away a lot of money. <laughs> um, if you put property into trust, let's say you've set up a trust, Mike, in mm-hmm. your office, yeah. and I know you do a lot of trust work for clients, um, and people say, now I've got money in the bank and I'm going to put this into my trust. Mm-hmm. Is that a gift? To your own trust? Yes. No. Okay. It's it's not a taxable gift. It's right. a transfer into the trust, but it's not a taxable event. It doesn't eat up any of your Correct. annual exclusion or your lifetime exemption. Uh, so there are ways that you can do that kind of a thing. In the trust that we do, if we're talking about a revocable living trust, 
uh, the grantors of the trust are still reporting income on their own income taxes. Right. Correct. So yep. any transfers to that trust wouldn't they're just retitling an asset like a bank account or a house uh, into the name of their trust. Right. Yeah. That's a non-taxable event. Right. And a lot of people don't understand that rule and don't realize that. And these trusts are so valuable to avoid the probate process. We keep harping on that. Uh, but it's very important to a lot of people that they don't have to put their family through the process of probate. Mm. Well, the important thing about these particular rules are that there can be some complexity to it. But ladies and gentlemen, if you've got questions about your own family, uh, give a call to the law firm and make an appointment to see Tanny or to see Mike. They can help you. The other thing you could do is you could attend their Lunch and Learn workshop Tuesday, June 18th. It's during the noon hour, uh, 12 to 1.30 p.m. You're going to be serving lunch, right, Tenny? We will serve lunch, yes. I'm not serving it, but yes, it will be there. That point. <laughs> I just want to know if you're going to be talking and serving food at the same time. Usually we allow people to come in and relax a little and eat their lunch before we barrage them with a lot of information. Okay, that was just an important point to clarify. <laughs> um, and you're going to be talking about the five most important estate planning documents. I like that topic. Uh, wills, durable powers of attorney, uh, HIPAA forms to allow medical information to be released, healthcare powers of attorney or healthcare proxies, and living wills. I've always liked the name living will. But I have you... always not liked that because I think it's not descriptive of what the document is at all. What should you call it? Your death sentence? <laughs> no, that's not the right word. <laughs> <laughs> smooth sailing or something. Smooth like sailing. That. I like that. Your smooth sailing document. Yeah, healthcare directive. So I just came back from a trip, and I watched this horrible movie. It was poorly done, I thought, called Adrift. And it's about a, it's a true story about a lady who survives 33 days on a sailboat with a mast all broken off and everything. Wow. But, um, and they didn't even have any good gratuitous scenes to watch. No just shark attacks <laughs> or anything. Burnt lips and burnt sunburn. <laughs> and No deteriorated shucks. clothing or anything like that. No, no, nothing like that, nothing like that. Very disappointing movie. <laughs> anyway, if you want to attend this uh, Lunch and Learn workshop, Tuesday, June 18th, 12 to 1.30, you really need to make a call and say, put my name on your list, please, and give the office a call, 508-998-8800. You'll be happy to put your name down. So let's come back to some tax rules in just a moment. There are a few more tax rules I want to talk about, and then we're going to talk about some gifts to charity. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to MoneyWise, ladies and gentlemen. At the beginning of the first hour, I was talking about the fact that my family had been homeless for a while because of a tornado that went through central Massachusetts. That was really a tough day. Uh, it happened on June 9th, um, uh, which is the date today. I can remember every single detail of that. Um, we raced to get in, inside the uh, babysitter who was taking care of myself and my brother and my sister, called us in, screaming out the window. It was pelting hail outside. And by the time I reached the top floor, the third floor, I was trying to close the window in the hallway, and I gave up because the pressure was too great. But I saw a car fly by the window on the third floor. Mm -hmm. And as I ran away from the window to go inside, um, the window just blew out, all the glass shattered, 
and I didn't get hit with that, fortunately. So that kind of weather is unpredictable, and one of the things that we want to do in the financial planning work that we do, the financial services at USA Wealth Group, we want to make sure always that you have a plan, because if you don't have a plan, then unintended consequences can sometimes impact you. And that, that was in 1953, you said? 1953. Yeah, because the next year was Hurricane Carol, right? 1954, which was a right. really yes. bad hurricane. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Well, we've recently been going through a period of unusually bad extreme weather in the Midwest in particular. Mm-hmm. And I just flew some, through some of it recently. Jeez. It was a little exciting. No hurricanes up here recently, though, knock on wood. No, but you know what? Hurricane season has begun. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So just as you need to plan for a hurricane, don't wait until the last minute. Mike, what happens when a hurricane is forecast to come near us, possibly? What do people do? Take the boats out of the water. Take the um, boats out of the water. Take the lawn the furniture off the porch. Yeah, uh, yeah. Run to the grocery store. Yeah. Uh, Board up windows sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. The grocery stores are crowded and cramped and packed, and Walmart is. But you have time to plan. Yeah. You have time to get do. ready. Fortunately. Uh, you don't necessarily have that kind of a time for tornado. Right. So the little message here is take time to plan your own estate also. Give these fine folks a call and they'll make an appointment and talk to you. Right, because no one knows how long they have here on this earth. Well, everybody listening today has is, is needed help at some point in their life. I don't care who you are. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt once said, there is not a man of us who does not at time need a helping hand to be stretched out to him, and then shame upon him who will not stretch out the helping hand to his brother. Um, I like Teddy Roosevelt. He's probably my favorite president. Yeah. We tell a little story about him later. Okay. When he went into Provincetown to dedicate the Provincetown Memorial Monument. Well, I'll just tell it right now. When he went into Provincetown to help dedicate the Provincetown Memorial Monument and helped lay the cornerstone along with other Masons, um, he arrived in the harbor with a fleet of seven Navy ships, destroyers and so forth, and 1,500 Marines. And they assaulted the beaches in Provincetown. No, they didn't really assault the beaches, but can you imagine that kind of a contingency today arriving in a port to do something of that nature. He was a spectacle maker. (laughs) He was a spectacle maker. But let's come back to some tax rules. So um, if you have a larger estate and you don't want to pay estate taxes, one of the planning techniques that you use, Tenny and Mike, is to say to people, maybe you ought to give away some money. So there are certain ways you can do that. Um, You can also set up a special trust for minors. Uh, you can set up special accounts under the Uniform Transfers to Minors Act, and most states have adopted that. And then the child is entitled to the money at age 18 or age 21, but you can put money aside um, under Uniform Gifts to Minors Act or Uniform Trust to Minors Act. Hmm. That's another way to give away money. And one of the things that we've done a fair amount in our office is something called a, a Charitable Remainder Trust. Actually, I think I want to hold on to that thought for just one second. But um, giving away money, using your lifetime exemption, uh, they're just really smart things to do if you happen to be in a larger estate uh, category, larger estate capacity. 
Uh, Mike, you mentioned earlier the idea of both a husband and wife can give money away. Mm-hmm. Well, the concept there is called gift splitting. Oh. So if Tenny happened to write a check for a large sum of money, she could have that be considered as part from her and part from me, even though she's the one who wrote the check. And um, that's a good way to make uh, gifts also. Um, We're going to talk about deductions in just a moment on the tax side of things. Anne Frank once wrote, No one has ever become poor by giving. And she's a person who suffered much, you know, the diary of Anne Frank and so forth. It's amazing that she had so much to say in such a short lifetime. It was a tragic story. Mm-hmm. It was. Well, let's come back to the main problem, the big problem, which is gifting. Um, I know that at your Lunch and Learn workshop, you're going to be talking about the most important estate planning documents. Um, I'll just give one more quick reminder on that. That's uh, Tuesday, June 18th at 12 to 1.30. Make a reservation. Lunch will be provided. And give Tenny or Mike or the office a call at 508-998-8800. And they'll be happy to hold a place for you. Maybe I'll even do a little talking. Hmm, okay. <laughs> you do love to talk, so I'm sure you might. What are you, what are you laughing at? <laughs> do you think I can do a little bit of talking? Sure. We'd love to have you. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll be there. I promise. Well, let's move on to our next topic, our third topic, which is gifts to charity. Hmm. And gifts to charity are really important. If you give money to a church or a temple or any other nonprofit organization, if you give money to the Lloyd Center for Environmental Studies or the American Cancer Society, um, I know. Tenny, you've got clients, for example, who um, maybe they don't have family members and they want to leave money to charity. Oh, yes, I have, I have several, actually. And um, these people are very charitably oriented. So they have named maybe the MSPCA or Animal Advocates or American Cancer Society or the St. Jude's Hospital for Children. There's certainly no end of possible... Uh, recipients for this kind of charitable giving. Giving. I had a client who passed away recently, and he had named an organization as a beneficiary of his trust. And this is an organization that provides help for underprivileged children in other countries. Mm-hmm. And uh, we now periodically get letters handwritten by these kids oh, sure. from these oh. countries, yep. you know, saying how they're doing and how the money was used. And it's a nice thing. It's a nice thing when they do that, and it makes you feel like you've done something that's important. Yeah. Tenny, have you ever done anything of charitable nature or worked for charitable organizations? <laughs> many, many. <laughs> I, I really can't remember how many. Um, from Whale to... What's Whale? Waterfront Historic Area League, the preeminent uh, organization in New Bedford related to preserving historic buildings. Yep. They've done more to remake and preserve the city of New Bedford than any other organization probably. That's for sure. So big shout out to Whale. How about the Girl Scouts? Girl Scouts I have worked for. Um, our church, the uh, Dartmouth Cultural Center, the Greater New Bedford Choral Society, all kinds of wonderful organizations. You know, our, our world really 
is uh, enriched and made beautiful by these various groups that do wonderful things, and they do it in the name of of uh, nonprofit. They they don't gain any profit other than the satisfaction of of what they do. Well, some of the organizations that I belong to is you know the same church, and I've helped. Um, uh, work in their capital campaign and raise money to preserve the church and make necessary improvements. Um, I've donated money over the years to the Red Cross because they were very good to my family when we went through the tornado and, and uh, were homeless for a while. They helped us recover from that. I've helped ring the bells for the Salvation Army at the end of the year because um, a lot of the Masonic organizations do that, and I think it's important. Salvation Army has something like 94% of all their money goes directly to charitable purposes to helping people. Mm. And only a very small percentage goes to administrative costs. I Um, always like to remember the fact that you were the first president of the Lloyd Center for Environmental Studies. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, actually. I got invited to um, participate. Uh, Vera Almgren, who was a longtime real estate broker in the community, came to me one day and she said, Ray, how would you like to be on the uh, board of directors of the Lloyd Center? And I said, what is it? She said, well, it's a nonprofit organization. We're not incorporated. We're just running this uh, environmental center. So I said, sure. Then I went to the very first meeting. They said, Ray, would you help us incorporate and get us our tax exemption status? (laughs) (laughs) So that's what we do. The other thing that I like to do is, because I am active in the Masons, I'm, I'm a Shriner also. I donate money to the shrine hospitals. I don't have time to go to the, all their meetings, but that's important to me. And uh, because of my Marine Corps history, I, we do toys for tots every year in our office. We collect toys yep. because I wonder how many people listening today grew up with nothing for Christmas or very little for Christmas. Yep. And even today, people need help. We are also supporters of our university. Clark University, yep. and many people give to their schools either through educational funds or just an outright gift. A famous philosopher in this country, William James, once said, act as if what you do makes a difference. It does. And then I have one more quote from Dr. Seuss. <laughs> you know who Dr. Seuss is, Tenny? Oh, he's great. Dr. Seuss said, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot Nothing is going to get better. It's not. <laughs> his it, rhymes were so simple. His rhymes were just really <laughs> great. Well, in any event, um, gifting is really important. The tax rules are really important. And when you donate money to a charity, generally you get to take a tax deduction, don't you? And that helps reduce your income taxes. So there are many, many rules governing that. I know that Tenny, uh, Attorney Tenny Lance and Attorney Mike Coleman, you both get involved in helping clients with that. Let me give you one example. I know in your trust you always have sort of like an end beneficiary. What happens if you have a small family and the family member that you've named to be your beneficiary dies before you do? So then you always have an end uh, discussion of who would you want the property to go to if there's no other family member available? Right. And is that typically charities? It could be. A lot of times that we could just use a generic term, heirs at law, so whoever is left uh, would get the property. But sometimes people do want to name charities, like Tenny said, the ASPCA, or maybe the Wounded Warriors Project, or 
you know, any sort of charity that people want to give to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some people just want to leave property to charity anyways. I know that recently there's been people in the office that both Denny and I have met with for different reasons and uh, fairly significant estate, but they don't want to leave everything to their kids. Right. They don't want to spoil the kids. They want to make sure that something's going to go to charity because that's important to the parents. Right. I recently met with clients who didn't have any kids and they don't have any other relatives to leave anything to, um, but they give a lot to charities, so they wanted to name charities as the primary beneficiaries mm-hmm. in their trust. Right. And they couldn't figure out there were so many that they wanted to give to. They had to narrow it down. So, Well, I had an accountant who lived in Wareham, and she listed, I think, 12 or 15 different charities. Mm-hmm. She was worth a couple million dollars. She had never married, no children, no heirs, mm-hmm. and it all went to charity. But there's another good reason to leave money to charity if you have a larger estate, isn't there? Uh, where are you going with that? Well, you get a tax deduction. Uh-huh. So you get a tax deduction right off the top. Mm. So if you had a $2 million estate and you didn't have individuals that you cared to leave your money to, what you could do is you could leave a million dollars to charity that gets deducted right off the top. And now you don't have a taxable estate for Massachusetts purposes. Right. That's always um, a very good thing to do. There was a story on the news uh, just recently uh, saying that the birth rate is down in this country and what to do about it. And it's sort of like a charitable rule as well. It's like, go forth and multiply. Yeah. <laughs> so if anybody's listening today. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> no, we won't no go more. there. We won't go there. <laughs> Just, the mind works in wondrous ways, doesn't it? Yours does, for sure. <laughs> well, um, but you can go forth and multiply when it comes not to children, but talking about insurance, for example. So I've told the story before. We've got a couple up in the Bridgewater area, uh, married, no children. They had accumulated accumulated about $3 million worth of assets, and they wanted it to go to two separate charities, one for a scholarship fund for the high school Mm -hmm. and one to help create a building for recreation in their town. Mm. And my suggestion was quite simple. You have more than enough income to live on why don't you multiply the result of that and leave $5 million instead of $3 million hmm. and use some of the excess money that you don't need and contribute it instead into a life insurance policy and create a larger estate, which will all go to charity. So they did that. Hmm. They now have gone from a $3 million to a $5 million estate. It's all going to charity. Nothing will be taxed, but it's a larger amount. Mm-hmm. It always makes us feel so happy to be able to come up with creative ways of um, helping people, helping uh, any kind of charitable organization. So it, it makes us smile when we can do that kind of thing for people. Well, here's something interesting you can do with an IRA account. So if you have an IRA and you're over 70 and a half and you're required to take a minimum distribution every year, uh, I've had a number of clients who said, I really don't need the income. I wish I didn't have to take it because they just have to pay income taxes on it. Um, what you can do instead is have the required minimum distribution go not to you, then you have to report it as income, and you're gonna have to pay income taxes on that, and if you then take your after-tax money and make a contribution to charity, you're not gonna get as much of a deduction. 
because you're limited. It's only like a 50% of adjusted gross income deduction. What you can do instead is tell your uh, IRA custodian, don't give the money to me this year. Give it directly to the charity instead. And you don't get a tax deduction for doing that, but you don't have to pick it up as income. And the charity gets the same money or a larger amount of money that you would have given them anyways, hmm. but with a much, much better tax result. So some of these rules get a little complicated. Um, if you would like to get some advice and help, we can help you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can help you at USA Wealth Group. Uh, call us at 508-998-8858. Give a call to attorney Mike Coleman or attorney Tenny Lance. Make an appointment to see them at 508-998-8800. And they can help walk you through some of these complicated rules. Well, we don't deal with tax rules, but you know we I can. <laughs> that's your <laughs> field, so we'll do the legal side of things. We can do the wills and trusts and all of that, and the financial side you can take care of. And there's all kinds of things. There's all kinds of ways you can do it. If you don't want the money in the first place that you are inheriting, you can do a disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Um, you might think that gifting and making a gift or taking a gift are fairly complicated things. They are. But um, the rules are sort of endless, as most everything in the tax code is. Mm. But we can help you with that. So if you've learned a little bit of something today, we've talked about gifts to family. We've talked about some tax rules about gifting. And we've talked a little bit about charitable rules of uh, gifting. And uh, they're all very, very important. And if you're just listening, tuning in, you can uh, come to our workshop that we're having on June 18th, that's at 352 Fonts Corner Road at our office at Lance Law, Inc. Um, we'll be talking about wills and powers of attorney and health care documents and trusts. So if you want to sign up for that, give us a call at 508-998-8800. You know, way back in the times of Elizabethan England, Sir Francis Bacon said, charity begins at home but should not end there. Mm-hmm. And there's always something you can do. Think of the times that somebody has reached out to help you and think of the satisfaction you get when you can reach out to help somebody else. Benjamin Franklin once said, I would rather have it said he lived usefully than he died rich. Well, it enriches you when you give to someone else. It's it's a, a, a matter of um, strong and healthy mental health to do charitable giving. Well, what I encourage people to do is to, um, and sometimes people do say this to me, they'll say, Ray, you know, I've had a period in my life when I didn't have any money. So what I'd like you to do today is just picture a day in your life when you didn't have any money and did somebody reach out and help you? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it's your turn to give back. Um, and I always remember that my parents paid for my education. Um, I know your parents were not in a position to do that, no. but I remain ever grateful that um, my college career was paid for by my parents. That's that's a wonderful thing to do. No, it is important. Um, Booker T. Washington said, if you want to lift yourself up, lift up someone else. Hmm. So we've got a lot of good information about gifting and quotations. Ten years from now, you're going to say to yourself, um, I wished I had done more, and we don't want you to be in that position. Um, 
when I was a kid and went through a period of homelessness, as I said, somebody reached out and helped our family, and that somebody was the American Red Cross. And when we needed help, um, we were fortunate enough to receive help. Mm-hmm. So that's what we want to encourage you to think about today. Um, make an appointment to go to the seminar. Make an appointment to see Tenny or Mike. Mm-hmm. Get some professional help about things that you can do to help in your family. And if you can't attend the seminar, we do offer free consultations. Okay. So if you're not yep, available on that, on that date, you can call us up and uh, make an appointment to come in for a free consult. Are you going to have time to talk about charitable remainder trusts? No, probably not. No. We're just about out of time for today. We have to leave you. We've been trying to talk about some of the overall gifting rules, um, and we've had many, many clients uh, make an impact in their lives. Even Steve Jobs um, said, being the richest man in the cemetery doesn't matter to me. Going to bed at night saying we've done something wonderful, that's what matters to me. But it is a fact that everybody should recognize that even though the, we're the, one of the wealthiest countries in the world, uh, one in four American children under the age of five lives in poverty. 50 million Americans, including 17 million Americans, live at the poverty level. So there's always things that can be done. Help somebody, reach out to somebody. And um, we thank you so much for listening. And we thank you so much for giving.